Happy Friday! Once again, welcome to FewerCast, our Film Effect weekly entertainment recap podcast dedicated to all the latest news and entertainment as told by a collection of friends. Because it's a podcast of friendship, guys, you know. Speaking of, please welcome my friends, Andrew, also my brother, Corey, Sean, and Justin. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, hey. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Hey, hi, howdy. What's up, everybody? Alright, before we break bread, I want to remind our listeners to check us out on both Facebook and Instagram at The Film Effect Podcast for all announcements and up-to-the-minute updates. Follow us on Twitter at Film Effect Pod to interact and socialize with us, which is also the best form of social media out there for us. If you're on TikTok, then we're on TikTok. Follow along at Film Effect Podcast. And finally, please send along any questions, selections, and suggestions to The Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Alright, uh, you know, uh, send those five-star ratings, positive reviews, Apple, Spotify, filmeffectpodcast.com slash reviews. All those responses out there, we genuinely appreciate them. You can also support the show by getting yourself some merch. Go to filmeffectpodcast.com slash store to see all the new designs. Some cool shit out there. Check it out. So now that we got that form of business out of the way, let's tighten that grip and bring on the drip. Alright, so let's kick off this week with talking about this goddamn Crow remake that won't fucking go away. Just when you think the goddamn thing's just done for. Nope. 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 I think this is like the sixth or seventh time in the last several years I've heard this fucking movie's been greenlit again. So, uh, no, it's not Jason Momoa this time, though. It's, uh... What's his name? The the the, the it guy. Um, Bill Sars. Uh, Bill Sarsgaard. Yeah, one of them Sarsgaards. No, actually, I had Jason a... Momoa. Yeah, Momoa. Are you kidding me? Are you yeah. fucking kidding me with that, Andrew? <laughs> no, yeah, Momoa's... Do you think I Momoa... hang on to every note of a stupid rave crew mo- or crow remake? Yeah, Momoa's tied to it for a little while. <laughs> for a for a, year, a couple years at least. So. Does anybody? So does anybody else just imagine like that crow movie? Like he's just throwing people off roofs and going like, "Oh yeah!" Like he does in the fucking <laughs> movies. Like that's just what I'm thinking of now. Yeah, surfboarding off of fucking bodies and shit. Um, no, I had it up because about a month ago, uh, I'm reading this bloody disgusting article from Ed Pressman, who's the producer who has the rights to the property, and he said that. Uh, Expect to uh, to announce a new director and the cast in the near future. And you know, me reading this a month ago, I was just rolled my eyes like, "Stop! I've heard this one before." Uh, but no, this is uh, this is apparently happening, like the other ones that have been, you know, that that have come and gone. And yeah, Skarsgård, uh, Pennywise, and uh, who's this? Uh, the, they also announced the. Uh, an actress who's playing Shelly. I, 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 she does not ring a bell. Anyone? No. Nope. Not paying wow. attention to it. Yeah. Uh, FKA Twigs is what I'm reading. Oh, is, what the? F- okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sold now. I'm going to go get along. <laughs> so apparently, also they're expanding the role. Real person. No, this is an, this is an actress apparently who was in Honey no, Boy, which I, I haven't F-K-A. seen. FKA Twigs is that FKA Twigs? Is that what it says? Yeah. Yeah. How do you yeah. pronounce it? That F- butcher it. Twigs. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't hear you say the A. I thought you just said FK. It's FKA. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's a singer. She was. Who was? Was she? She was she in was, Honey she Boy. She was somebody famous. Who? She was in Honey she Boy. Was, uh, she, oh. Yeah, but she. Uh, she also. She was one of Labeef's accusers too. There you go. That's who she did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she, yeah, she when those when those women stepped up about Shia LaBeouf just being a, a fucking right, you know, knucklehead. Womanizer. She, she was one. Yeah, she was one of the women that stepped up. That little kid. I mean, that, he, that, that kid's worn to the ass beating for the last ten years. Nobody's really giving it to him. <laughs> so uh, apparently she's co-starring now. Of course, we all are familiar with the original and the, the role of Shelley was. 
merely minor. It was just barely even something you can consider a, a starring lead or even a lead at all. Just she was in the film for like I don't know five ten minutes uh, in flashback form, yeah. of course. But this is apparently a whole new character. Like it, it's still the Shelley character, the fiance murdered along with her uh, soon to be husband. Uh, but apparently her, the role is being expanded for this, which I'm just grunting as I'm reading this fucking article because, uh, why? I mean, the Shelly character, I mean, we get it. it, it is she going to take the place of the fucking crow? Just follow him around and like ghost form throughout the movie? I bet you that's what they do. <laughs> I bet you that's <laughs> what like, it is. Well, yeah. okay. It's because like there's, there's a backlash now against, and I've read about this, not specifically about the crow, but just movies where a woman's death. I think there's a term for it. I can't remember what it is, but a woman's death like spurs on the man to go get revenge. Like Deadpool yeah, the scapegoat. It, no, there, there's like, I forget the term for it, but yeah. No, I like, wasn't saying that that was the term. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like, so the woman doesn't really have any kind of agency in the story. And it's just like, there to fuel the guy's stories, the criticism. So I'm sure right. that that's the thought that that's going into it. I mean, and whatever, if they want to give that character more to do, I, I'm not going to see them <sighs> one way or another. So who gives a shit? She could be the crow for all I care. Yeah. But, I'm not backing this film at all. I mean, I it wasn't, I wasn't even supporting it when the original intended remake was announced years back. I just wasn't behind I a remake. The crow. I typed in the Crow reboot and I see Mark Wahlberg. Is he attached to this or is this from no. yesteryear? No, nothing at all with Wahlberg. Uh, no. So this, okay. The First of all, you want to see the first film all over again, just differently with different actors and whatnot. Watch any of the three sequels. Boom. There's even a fucking television series that tried to get off the ground but never did. Um, there's different, it's, watch the other dozens, dozens, and dozens, hundreds, thousands of fucking re, uh, uh, revengeance or revenge movies out there. Cause this is just like me and Corey talked about a couple months ago in our Crow episode when we talked about this movie and this part of it with the whole aspect of revenge and whatnot. It's like, these are a dime a dozen, you know? They're all the same. You and someone else that's, that's a, attach, a sentimental attachment to you, like, you know, or a significant other, it's, it's someone important of importance dies, you know, with you or whatever, and you come back, or maybe you don't die with them, they just die, and you just, you, you have to avenge them. That's what this is. Just go back it's, and watch 2007's Death Sentence. Yeah, exactly. Or anything, for that matter. Death well, Wish. And the thing to always keep in mind with these remakes, like, every time one of these things come out, everybody goes, why are they doing that? Why are you doing it? It's because it's right. an IP, and the old crow doesn't make money for them anymore because kids won't watch anything that's more than 10 years old. So mm -hmm. they, they have this IP that has sort of a name, so people who like the old one might, might check it out. Kids who won't watch the old one will check it out. I don't think they think it's going to be a blockbuster as long as it makes its budget plus back, they'll be happy with it. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no artistic thought put into it whatsoever. It's like putting out a new flavor of Coke. Like it has right. the same, the same thought goes into it. So that's, that's why any of these fucking movies are made. I mean, the crow, both the movie and the IP, it was a moment of its time. And now that time has passed and it's time to accept that. I mean, God damn it. I tried showing Madeline the movie uh, several months ago, and she wanted no. She she had nothing. She wanted no part of it. Right. She she you know she could give two shits about what happened. She was on her phone half the time. So I and I tell you I I'll tell you my biggest sticking point with that IP too is I mean I wasn't mad at what Alex Proyas did. I think it was you know serviceable at best. Oh, I'm a big um, fan, huge fan of the Crow. Like I said, go back and listen to the episode. I'll tell you all about yeah, it. Yeah, but. But I have yet, even very, very little back then when it was even in a theater, and especially now, I've yet to hear anybody bring up the fact that that J.O. Barr was inspired to write the graphic novel based off the death of Ian Curtis. Am I right, Justin? Oh, uh, hey, I don't right. know. I've, I've I can read that. that. 
I read that, read that. novel like 30 years ago, and I don't. I remember the movie wasn't quite the same. Um, yeah, and yeah, the, but the it was. It was somehow it was there like was some Ian inspiration Curtis, from from Joy Division. Yeah, I, I could see that was Obar's inspiration for right. that character when when he died, and yeah, right and that. you know nobody acknowledges that. There's not even like a Joy Division song playing in the background. At least give it a well, nod. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails covered no, Dead be, Souls in the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, but no, you, 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 throw the dog a bone. Man. Here's, here's the, here's the I just told, They the did. I just told you how they did so. Nine Inch Nails yeah, covered Dead Souls what, in the soundtrack, what, what, and they play it in the movie in a, in a predominant part. Yeah, I understand that, but why not the original? Why they have to go with not renegotiate? Because Trent Reznor was hot at that time, red fucking hot, mid nineties, the downward spiral. Reznor was God. Yeah, yeah, I understand, but no, there still needs to be a little bit of acknowledgement for Ian Curtis and Joy Division. I'm, you know, I'm off my soapbox on this one, but that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, it was cool that the song was in there. Would have been better if they had utilized the Joy Division. They probably couldn't get. Get the rights for it. That, that's, that's the only. Th- that's the only thing I'm hoping. I'm hoping they didn't just go right to Reznor. I'm hoping they at least tried to pursue. You know. And that Reznor uh, version is a kick-ass version of the original. Bible. It is. Reznor Reznor chose original. that. That that song was Reznor's decision to uh, to cover. Yeah, that's a great song. Because I read that he, I read it in an interview on a retrospective for the soundtrack, he had said that I believe. There was a handful of covers that they were—they knew they were going to do a cover, or he knew he was going to do a cover. And uh, there was like three songs he he had named, and that was definitely one of them. Well, obviously, because it was the song they covered. But yeah, um, so anyway, get back to—it's perfect. Oh, go on. The scene that they use it in. I'm yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. I'm, it's a predominant scene. That movie, jumping that, the rooftops. Yeah, that that if if that was my finger licking good. If we were doing, if I was on that with you guys, it would have been that scene because that, that's a great scene. Because it was right after he puts the makeup on and he goes for uh, T-Bird. Or uh, Tin, yeah, T-Bird. Tintin. Shit. I, get, I always get Tintin and T-Bird confused in that movie. Which one's which? Uh, T-Bird. Yeah, Knives. No, because T-Bird has the car. T-Tintin. Okay. Anyway, go back and listen to the episode. It's a good one. Me and Corey did that one. Uh, but anyway, th- the film. Um, so, in closing, before we move on... Uh, Look out for probably a boatload of fucking updates and news. And in two or three of the articles all said that they're starting uh, production in June. So, I mean, I guess that's good for the film. They got a start date for the shoot. Uh, they'll probably shoot in Canada somewhere where it's cheap. Um, other than that, I, I really had no interest in this. And the fact that Bill Skarsgård is playing him does nothing for me. So... And I, I like Bill. I just don't think this is a role for him. What was that, Justin? I didn't hear. I didn't. Hear I, I said two, two years from now it'll be forgotten. They're, they're rushing it into production. It'll oh yeah. Come out early next year, and that'll be it. By by April of next year, nobody will give a shit about it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So all right. Um, so I'm, I'm glad we talked about that. So let's talk about something else. <laughs> Uh, from one IP to another, uh, Jurassic Park Dominion, Dominium, is uh, reportedly going to be the longest film in the franchise. This came from everyone was talking about this around lunchtime today. Um, so, and and I like how bloody disgusting actually broke it down. So anyway, the the, the rumored time for the film, which comes out in a couple months, it's right around the corner. It's uh, basically two and a half hours, two hours and twenty six minutes. Now, when you run, when you compare that against the other five films, Jurassic Park was two hours seven minutes long. Lost World was two hours and nine minutes long. Jurassic Park three, short as shit, an hour and a half, hour and thirty two. Jurassic World two hours and four minutes. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom two hours and six minutes. So they're all of them were essentially two, with the exception of three, they're like two hours and five minutes long. This one, nah, fuck that. We're going big. It's going to be longer. So, uh, and we talked about this when the the final trailer dropped a few weeks ago or whenever it was on on here. So, um, does does any anything, guys? Does this really does this pique your interest in seeing the film? Does it make you want to go rush to the theater? Or, 
go to Fandango and, and pre-order your tickets. Nope. While you I can. still got to no. see the other one. <laughs> Fallen Kingdom felt like two and a half fucking hours. Jesus it Christ, did. I hated God. that movie. <laughs> I heard very bad things, so I never went and saw it. So, real quick, uh, Fallen Kingdom, it lost... If if you know if if you're spoiled, I'm doing you a favor. So early on in the movie, they have the whole thing where they got to get the dinosaurs off the island because there's a volcanic a volcanic eruption going on. It's like they didn't realize that there was a volcano underneath the island to begin with. But okay, so they you know are gathering up all the dinosaurs they can and yada yada, and um the the the, the engine or iGen or whatever or whatever team it is that's that's helping you know Chris Pratt and all them get the dinosaurs you know safe and sound turns out they're actually keeping them to you know auction them off and shit like that so when they when the whole turn happens early on uh they 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 like fucking light up Pratt with uh tranquilizer darts or or whatever and uh you know, he just falls down next to, like, this volcanic eruption, and there's, like, all this lava, like, slowly going towards him, and it's, like, no joke, inches from this man, like, four or five inches, and I'm, like, the heat alone would fucking burn your ass it's, alive. It's right but not next only to that, him. he suddenly gets the will to roll himself over and get away from the lava, and I'm, like, but you would have already been lit the fuck up because it's just the heat from that lava that's like right next to him. Like, like you were just you know chiming in on Corey. It's like that, that at that moment of the film, I I, I tuned it. It just lost me at that point. That at that part, point, I just said this movie is just no. And I'm and I'm a fan of the Fast and Furious movies. Where I was that so that that part didn't even bother me as much. I mean, it was stupid, but the biggest thing that stood out to me was the dinosaur vet the chick that goes with them she's like a dinosaur vet but she's never seen a dinosaur i'm like how the fuck can you be a vet when you've never seen the dinosaurs Uh, the chick with glasses that teams up with them and shit yeah yeah yeah. like how can it be like being a saying i'm a doctor but i've never seen another human or done anything like how the fuck does that work like I, I don't know, but that that whole movie's stupid. And the slasher villain fucking dinosaur. Oh god, I hate. There's very few movies I would say I hate. I hate that movie. Oh. Um, I'll just say one thing, and then we're gonna move on. For those of you who have not seen Jurassic Park: Fallen Kingdom, here's don't why you it. should not watch it. Or maybe you maybe you would want to after hearing this. But there is a scene. Go pirate that the, shit. The film's actual like big. Dinosaur, I forgot what the name because every fucking Jurassic Park movie, except for the first two, has like a new breed. There's always a different, bigger, larger, scarier breed, or whatever. So whatever one, this is like a version of a variant of the Raptor in this Fallen Kingdom. And before it goes, this is because like Ted Levine's character like goes into his cage oh. or whatever because like his Are whole you... thing is he collects teeth. No, and you're the talking fucking about dinosaur. I shit you not. Looks at the camera and winks. I call it Raptor like, I'm Voorhees. Gonna get this. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to get this guy. And he winks at the camera like, gonna get him. And then proceeds to bite his fucking arm off and then kill him. But yeah, like the, I, I was just like, you've got to be shitting me. That fucking dinosaur definitely just broke the fourth, fourth wall and winked at me. Yeah, I called it Raptor Voorhees. I don't know what it was actually called, but he was like a slasher villain. Yes, that's how fucking far away the series has gotten from Steven Spielberg's hands. We have dinosaurs now winking into the camera at the audience. So, anyway, um, alright, so this next uh, piece of information comes from actually you, Justin, and I had to go and I this the source is the link you sent. So Ethan Cohen is now going solo after his brother just did so with uh, Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, that was, uh, of course, Joel Cohen, and now we're talking about Ethan Cohen. Of course, I'm referring overall to the Cohen brothers. Uh, he's doing a film for Focus Features. Um, is it? It's untitled. So he's it's, he's directing the film, trying to shoot it this summer. He wrote the script with his wife, Trisha Cook, and they're going to produce it with a couple of others. And uh, to keep him on the whole thing, but the whole idea is just to announce that hey, you know brother one brother two you know anything you can do i can do better so what i'm getting at i guess cohen one cohen two are we doing 
do we think is is this like a sign of things to come with the Cohens? Like, well, they 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 made an announcement a couple of years ago. They were going to separate and and do their own work. I don't know why. It's such I must a have missed that. I honestly got. No, yeah, I remember that. reading it. I remember Justin reading it. chime in. You remember this? Yeah, they said. I'm not it. saying you're a liar, Sean. I just no, don't remember it. But but Ethan's thing was that he was going to do plays i don't think that he said yeah. he's going to do his own movies his thing is right he got kind of burnt out doing movies and he wanted to go do plays and i mean i i think he wrote a book i mean i'm sure he wrote some plays but i don't remember any big announcements about like him cranking out a few plays and now he's got that out of the system he wants to make movies i i well, think i think a lot of that has to do the two of them I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, Broadway going dark over the COVID for for, for a couple of years. I, I mean, that could be it. I didn't even think about it. But, I mean, it's back up right. now. Like, that would be a way now, to but, make that you know, decision. That was a two-year absence, I'm sure, you know. In those two years, he got the itch to do something. I'm excited for it. related. I would be excited for it anyway because it's Coen Brothers related. But also, he said it. It's based on like Russ Meyer films from the early seventies, so it's like yeah, that's what had that's what had me intrigued. Yeah. Like, all right, that sounds like that sounds rather titillating. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's go on. Um, is there anything else before we move along that we want to add to that? I, I honestly just- Go on. I, just, I, I honestly I had no idea to. this was all going on, so this has intrigued me. To, but I mean, I have no interest in plays or musicals or anything like that, so maybe I can't speak upon that nature. But I know no just idea speak on the idea on. of the Cullen brothers, like you know, going separate and all. If this is going to be a thing, just I don't want to call it permanent because nothing stays permanent in Hollywood. Uh, but you know, if this is if this is their intention to just you know finish out their career solo, yeah. I'm intrigued. Where are we at? I'm intrigued yeah, by I mean, they've earned... It they, a good uh, word. Uh, I think they've earned the right. I agree. You know? Yeah. I, who am I to take away from just because just I'm a huge fan of their films? I'm like, no, you you can't stop doing... This, you, you're going to make more for me. That's not that's not, a, that's not for me to decide. Yeah, we can't um, be selfish. Right. And if if that catalog is all we get, let's say, let's face it, it's a pretty fucking pretentious catalog. You know, if that's all you have, that's a great, you know, it, it speak, it, you know, the bodies of work speak for themselves. If, it, you know, if the, if, you know, the engines run out of steam, what can you do? You know, but right. these guys have been doing this, what, they're fucking, you know. Since 84. I was going to say, simple, been doing 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, been doing this forty years. I mean, that's a that's a, that's a lot of work together, you know. Uh, so all right, uh, Corey, did you want to say something? I I don't remember if you got it out or not. No, I just wanted to say I was intrigued, you know, to see like kind of maybe what style each would take on, you know, on their own because obviously yeah. it's been a collaborative effort thus far. And I'm also interested, like in the credits, like at the end, instead of Cohen Brothers, is going to say just like a Cohen or something. Like what? I don't know. I was just thinking of that or Cohen like one, Cohen two, a Cohen brother joint. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, well, their movies, their movies, they're never credited as the Cohen Brothers. It's always no, Ethan, not. It's always Joel, Ethan Joel directs and, it, and Ethan produced. Oh, right. okay, okay. True. That's just something that we kind of like unofficially dubbed them, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, real quick in closing, I guess for the subject. Uh, yeah, I just the word I'm looking at or I'm thinking of right now is um, just in, intrigued. I'm just intrigued to see what yeah, what comes next. You know, uh, they've been entertaining me collectively for the last 38 years going on. So you know, I'm just I have a excited to see what the future holds. What's up? Off the, right off the rim, what's your favorite Coen Brothers experience? Whoa, fucking Big Lebowski. You mean movie or experience? I don't, I don't know what you mean by movie, experience. Movie, like, I, I, movie overall with those two. I mean, personally, it's always going to be Lebowski just because it's Lebowski. So that's mine. Um, this is the round robin thing. Who else wants to go? Uh, I always go. It's It's the pretentious choice, but Barton Fink. I love Barton Fink. 
You know, I take that back. You know what? You know, it's a tie. I have two favorites. I can say that. Big Lebowski and No Country for Old Men. I completely fucking brain farted and slipped. My mind slipped on the. No well, you're, you're taking my shit because I was going to say No Country for Old Men for sure. I well, think it's my favorite. Yeah. And, and uh, I, you know, uh, me and Corey talked about it on the second volume Kill Bill episode this week. Uh, the True Grit. Got to acknowledge that movie. Yeah. Speak. Well, when we did, we did uh, me, you, and Corey, No Country Together, we did our top five Coens. And I think that was yes. in, I, I think that was my honorable mention. Didn't crack the top five, but it's right, it's like right there looking in the window. Yeah. It's certainly one of the best remakes I've seen, maybe ever. Oh, for sure. I mean, I like them just equally. I mean, spoiler alert, we did top five Westerns, our favorite Westerns for uh, the volume two episode. And, uh, you know, True Grit, I just put them together. I said both the remake and the original with John Wayne because they're just, I look at them both, they're both just so good and just great themselves. And they're like, kind of like, I just look at them as the same movie almost and I just put them together for that reason because I, I like them both equally. Um, love them both equally for that matter. Hell so. High Water is one of my favorites, but it's not really a Western film. It just happens to take place yeah. in like a Western town. It's, it's considered a modern Western to an extent. Yeah, I think so I would give that a pass. Yeah. I mean, I fucking absolutely love that movie. I could talk yeah. about that for hours. Yep. Then why aren't you watching Yellowstone, man? That's all Taylor Sheridan. My parents are it, watching that right now. I just haven't watched it. I don't know. Hey, I'll hey, watch it. it. I'm not against it. I just, I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, take, take it from me, Justin, and now Corey. Um, yeah. It's it's a solid show. Solid show. Mandy and I love that. Got my mom. My mom's into it. It's very well done. And I'm not a big Kevin Costner fan, but I am fucking riveted. And, you know, I'm, let's face it, I'm there for Cole Hauser's Rip Wheeler all day long. He's the biggest <laughs> Western badass and, you know, wearing shit-kicking boots. But, no, nah, it's a good show, man. Give it a run. All right, I'll do just that. So I wanted to talk physical media, and uh, mainly because we got a lot of cool announcements uh, in the last week. Uh, especially from Scream Factory, who has continued to... I know a lot of people are irritated and uh, Corey this really does nothing for you because you're you know you haven't advanced over to 4k yet or jumped over to 4k yet but the, a lot of the catalog titles are now being you know put out and they're announcing them more and more a lot of films that I was surprised that you know that they announced that we're even doing restorations or, or uh, work on uh, so for June they're doing cat people which I vaguely remember us talking about for a little bit and recently it was brought up on the show yeah I think we did bring that up yeah and it was uh, in Glorious Pastors because of uh, Bowie's cover yeah 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 um or Bowie's song so Dog Soldiers now I knew that Second Sight which is a UK uh, company kind of like how Scream Factories for uh, over here in the stateside Second Sight was doing the restoration for Dog Soldiers because it's a you know uh, English film anyway. Uh, actually, no, it's a uh, Scottish, I believe, because that's that's Neil Marshall. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so and and uh, a lot of <laughs> I people... thought you were talking about the Bronson Pin Show and John Larroquette movie. You would think that. <laughs> no, we're talking about <laughs> Dog Soldiers, the horror film from about. Oh, no, you ago. said second. I heard you say Second Sight. I just second started thinking about that piece. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, second Sight. Second Sight. Okay. Second is also Sight. a very shitty movie starring Lara Kett and, and Bronson <laughs> Second Sight is the UK company that is currently working on, or they probably wrapped it up by now, but they've, they've been doing the 4K restoration for Dog Soldiers. The issue that's been ongoing, because this is the problem they ran into when they put this on, when they uh, restored it for Blu-ray, is just the 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 original source is just in horrible shape, and uh, I don't remember, I don't remember the details, but it's just you know they, there was it was it was in a questionable state. We'll put it that way, uh, but they did it some way somehow, and apparently it looks great. Um, 
and so yeah, it uh, over here in the states, uh, Scream Factory is obviously uh, getting it. So they're putting that out, and uh, the third one that they announced is The Fun House, a movie that I literally just bought on Blu-ray from them a month ago, not even. <laughs> so, so now I gotta go and sell that so I can get the 4K copy of it, goddammit. I'll buy it. I don't know, that one, that, that, that one, that one just never, never had the payoff for me. I must have watched it. I, think I like we, it. Her and I watched it like a, maybe a year ago. Big fan you of know, I've seen it probably four or five. Yeah, but I've seen it probably four or five times. But it's, I don't know, it just never had the payoff for me for some reason. Were you going to say something, Corey? I was just going to say, I'll take the Blu-ray off your hands. There you go. When you upgrade. Oh, there, you, there you go. I'll just hand it over to you when I get it. Because definitely I'm going to be picking that up now. I've never seen Cat People. Um so I'll probably hold off on that. And another movie they announced, this is just Blu-ray, not 4K, is uh, Fire in the Sky. First time on Blu-ray. I've been I, waiting I to see a, a Travis Walton movie. story. Nah, you never saw it? Nope, nope. I did, a, I did a double whammy one day with like true alien encounter movies. I went and, and watched, um, I, I deliberately rented um, Communion and Fire in the Sky. Communion. Deliberately. <laughs> 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 we're, uh, we're walking plays Whitley Strieber and his alien encounter and then you know fire in the sky is all about the loggers in the 70s and it's uh Travis Walton or Waltman I believe played by D.B. Sweeney yeah so it's not bad I mean you know oh I've heard nothing but good things I just yeah it's cool it's I mean it's interesting because it. it's you know it's based on a true story and right you know, my understanding a lot of what's depicted on screen is kind of how shit went down you know so it's an, yeah definitely give her a watch man yeah I don't, I don't think you'd be mad at it yeah I'll probably pick it up because um, I usually do that with a lot of their films I blind buy a lot of shit because I just I like to support Scream Factory because I like to support physical media but um, and then quickly, Arrow didn't have much of a big announcement last week for uh, their June slate, but they did uh, reveal that they're finally putting out True Romance over here in the states. Now I went and got it a couple months ago. I ordered it online from the UK because it's 4K. It's uh, there's regional. It's region free for all 4K movies. So I ain't gotta worry about that fucking. Region A, Region B, Region Z bullshit that we have to worry about with Blu-rays and DVDs because they're all just... Oh, so NTSC and PAL is no longer a thing. It's just region numbers. (laughs) Region free. All 4Ks are region free. That shit ain't been a thing since early 2000s, Sean. That's why I I like, you know, a lot of 4Ks are just like... like Dawn of the Dead, for example, is a big one. The Second Sight overseas put out Dawn of the Dead, but they because of all the, the uh, issues here in the States, you, you can't get it. What do you want So me, I can Corey? just order it. And same way I, I got I, True Romance, I can get uh, Dawn of the Dead, and it'll play just fine. And you just keep talking. I'd, I, I'd I buy him and watch him, dude. I don't build him, Corey, so cut me some slack. <laughs> but yeah, the True Romance is, uh, I, I'm, you know, I recommend it a lot. I mean, the, the film looks beautiful, and the features, it's fucking stacked with features. It's literally the same copy I have. It's just it doesn't have the UK rating on the front cover like they do over there. I don't know why they do that. You ever noticed that before? That the yeah. UK it puts on the, the ratings spine. on the front covers on, and the spine. On the spine too. and on the cover. Yep. They, they didn't put the rating on the spine for this, but then again, it's also the deluxe edition. So the the it's like an outer hard sleeve case that it comes in that they do for their movies, the deluxe editions. But yeah, looks great. And uh, if I'm not mistaken. The arrow copy here comes with a Blu-ray. The 4K comes with a, a Blu-ray combo. Mine's just 4K only. So anyway, all right. Well, shit. Since you guys don't have much to say about physical media, um, I buy physical media all the time, but I don't buy new shit because it's too expensive. I I go to Soundgarden and get like three for ten bucks, kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with that at all. I mean. I go to Soundgarden quite frequently, quite free, frequently myself, and uh, yeah. And, I, and I, speaking I, of actually, speaking of physical media, have you guys uh, checked out or heard anything about that Godfather 4K that just came out? 
No. No. Nothing. Okay. Nope. Corey, Andrew. Nope. All right. Just making sure you guys are still with us. Haven't heard from you guys in a while. Especially you, Andrew. So shout out Ben Metzger. Metz. Little ah. kid brother Metz. Uh, What's up with Ben? Uh, so, if you follow him on Instagram and Facebook and everything, he likes to post uh, little stories and little snapshots or whatever of his... uh. Like drinks and stuff. He likes to. He's always been like a mixologist type of guy, the unofficial mixologist. I don't think he got his license for it. You would think because I've. He's made some drinks for me before. And they're fucking ace. So, I know you listen, Ben. So you're a good guy when it comes to that shit. You make a damn good drink. Anyway, he was. I was just early the other morning. Like it was like really fucking early. Well, how old was this? 7 a.m. See, that's early for me now. I don't. I'm, the days of me waking up at like 5:30, watching the sunrise daily, or like, yeah, I don't do that quite often anymore, like I used to. So it's just, uh, I was streaming. I was looking around on my phone. I was like, kind of half asleep, and I was on Facebook, and I must have, as I was like, out of it, whatever, hit his fucking picture of his drink that he was making or whatever from the night before and I responded to it and I put <laughs> John Travolta Cinema Merger <laughs> <laughs> which has nothing to do with the picture or anything like that. It just says John Travolta Cinema Merger. It doesn't even fucking this the word it's not even a word. <laughs> and he responded an hour later. <laughs> Haha, <laughs> ha, it was a good pour. <laughs> and I just fucking just said, note to self, never ever browse Facebook stories while half asleep again. And I said, I don't even know what the fuck that means. I know I was watching a YouTube video earlier on the devil's reign, but I don't recall ever responding to any stories. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm going back to sleep. And that was what happened. So that was the topic for fewer cast. And it just, yeah. All right, fuck it. Let's move on. Uh, guys, who we canceled this week? Someone just got canceled. Someone just got canceled. Someone just got canceled. I wonder what they did. Ain't going first. I talk too much. Who wants to go first? Who who's canceling who? Who wants to cancel someone? Um, I'll step up. The guy Thank that you. decides. The, the the guy that decides like why a particular show is rated a certain way at the beginning where it says you know I get it extreme sex extreme violence merits a warning maybe that maybe the trailer or marketing didn't sell you for that and that's not what you prepared for but I'm watching it's coming up smoking. Like, that's why I walked out of Die Hard, because Bruce Willis lit up a cigarette butt. I mean, come on. Do we need warnings about fucking tobacco use in movies? If you think a movie's there to teach your kid dirty habits, I got news for you. It's what fucking high schools were built for, okay? You don't need to warn me because there's going to be smoking in the David. Like, that was, that, that's a bit much, man. Yeah, I think they announced that, like, four or five years ago. They were gonna, like, that was, like, now, like, a consideration factor for, like, ratings. That's, Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous. I get it. Brief nudity still, can still get a PG-13. Oh, he lit up a marmor, a man, slap it with an R. Look, that's, I mean, I don't know, that, that, like, Sean, I, that's, that was the only thing I could think of, and I was like, why do I need to be warned that somebody's going to be smoking a cigarette? I'm watching a, uh, you know, a show set in 1984. Kids smoke cigarettes in 1984. Well, exactly, that's the, that's the thing, you know, Sean, you should know better, that you and I are both smokers, so you know how it feels to be, quite frankly, alienated, because that's what pretty much this generation and everyone in this world today, society, that's what I was looking for, is doing to us. They're kind of like just kind of factoring us out. They're just raising them, triple, quadrupling the prices of cigarettes. Like, gone are the days of like, you know, a buck fifty pack of cigarettes or 75 packs, uh, 75 cent packs of cigarettes. Shit like that. Like, you know, that's, cigarettes are like 11, 12 bucks now. It's a joke. 
Yeah, it's, I, I beat the system. I rule my own, and you that can't. twelve bucks is what I spend in a month. And you can't smoke cigarettes anywhere, like theme parks. I know. I still need even that one. I can't. The one that I rolled and brought from home, I can't. I, you know, I, I gotta. I have a. I have a three foot by two foot enclosed off area yeah. that's not covered <laughs> from the rain. because yeah. I'm being fucking ostracized. Exactly. You know. So now you they know, incorporate I, that in the ratings because they just don't want any part of it. They just. It's not just, like I'm handing your adolescent. Their hands are clean bummer. of us. Yeah, it's like it, it, if an adolescent goes up to me and has to bum a cigarette, I'm not going to fucking give him one, all right? That's your oh, job as a parent yeah. to raise him right. You don't need Netflix to warn you that he might see somebody smoke a cigarette. That's that, that's just getting a bit much, man. All these fucking helicopter parents and all I that mean, bullshit. Hell, they raised the, the, the age of, of smoking now. Now it's 21. Uh, oh, is it really? I didn't know that. Yeah. No shit. Yep. That's got to suck. But <laughs> right. you can still go off the war, though. I wonder what that's like for people that were like 19 or 20 or something like that. Yeah, like right at the precipice. Like, I'm going to go in and buy me a pack of camels in the morning. And then suddenly it's like, nope, got to be 21. It's like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> right. Better kick that habit. Yeah. So, all right, that was a good one. Corey, who are you going to cancel this week? I'm going to cancel the fucking eBay buyers. So I've been selling stuff on eBay lately. Just shit I don't use. Like, I could do some okay, money. Right. So yeah, I'm like, eh, right. I'll, I'll get rid of some that. shit. So I have this one uh, jerk off by a pair of headphones I never used. It's like a nice pair of Sennheisers. I ask usually like uh, below what they're going for. I think I asked for right. like 15 bucks less than everybody else was asking just because I want it sold. And they fucking buy it, proceed to wait three goddamn days to pay me, which I don't give a shit about, really. And then as soon as they pay an hour later, when are you shipping it? When are you shipping it? Oh, I hate that. I messaged back. I messaged back immediately. I was like, well, you did take three days to pay, so I'll be shipping it uh, tomorrow. And then I was just asking a question. You didn't have to get snooty. Well, fuck you, lady. (laughs) Like, I mean, you're going (laughs) to hold me on for three days? Like, come on. It drives me nuts. Like, just the way people are entitled. Like, you're just going to wait that fucking long, 72 hours to pay, and then bitch when I don't ship it, like, fucking immediately. Like, you pay in the morning and I don't have it shipped within a few hours. Come on. Yeah, it sounds like the type of idiot that would bitch because she saw somebody smoke a cigarette on TV. (laughs) So now I kind of want to take the fucking thing. And, like, change it to the slowest setting. Like, if I can have fucking Kevin Costner <laughs> reprise his role as the fucking postman and walk it across the U.S. So it'll take an extra fucking month to get there. I almost want to do that now. Just uh, yeah, more people will see it then. Before you box it up, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I want to do something to fuck with this lady now. So I got to figure out what I'm going to do by tomorrow. Like, like both of the headphones. <laughs> Where do they start fucking canceling shit on you and returning everything? No returns, baby. No. Right, that's good. All right, shit, Justin. I know you hate this category. It pains you to fucking say something every week. But what do you? It got usually for us? does. But I like a couple weeks ago, I canceled the Academy Awards to no avail. Yes. Yes. And um, so this week the Grammys happened. So I'm just oh, canceling yes, all did. all award shows from here on out. Just it's enough already. Did, like, did yeah. anybody bother watching the Grammys? Oh, I didn't. Fuck no. I haven't yeah. watched the Grammys since I was a kid. Like, <laughs> the only, reason, kid. only reason I knew they were even going on is a friend of mine owns a private security agency, and he's out there bodyguarding for some celebrity. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing, like, his, like, on, you know, his, his point of view, red carpet photos and stuff. Like, he's right there next to Lady Gaga and shit. You know, other than that, I'm like, oh, fuck the Grammys. No, who gave a shit about that? Yeah, you're right. We don't need that pomp and circumstance anymore. I like what I like, regardless what you tell me won. Yeah, exactly. And you know what won the uh, best album of the year? No, what's that? Where's all my John Baptiste people? Who the what the fuck is that? Yeah, exactly. Who? He's he, John Baptiste. The only thing that I know about him previously to the Grammy Awards is that he's the music. He's like the Paul Schaefer on um, Stephen Colbert's show. He's the the music guy, whatever you call that, the conductor. Right. It's like yeah, his yeah. band. And the Grant, which is a CBS show, 
And the Grammys right. are on CBS, and he wins album right. of the year. Now, I'm not saying that that was a setup. At least I'm not saying it directly. But who the fuck listens to John Baptiste or, or knows that that guy releases albums? Like, that? You, you mean to tell me? And it might be a fine album. Maybe this is the best album of the year. But you mean to tell me that nobody, that anybody listens to should have got that award? It, it's just the whole all these award shows are just pointless. I mean, they're not pointless. I know they use that as like ways to sell more albums. I think that's what it boils down to in the end. Um, but I, the ratings on these things just are lower and lower every year. They're going to dip below a million people at some point if they haven't already, like just, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I get it. The awards are there for a benchmark. And if you're in the industry, it's what you strive for. Great. Have your little fucking ceremony. You don't need to show it to the world. Yeah. it's And they had like Zelensky on there talking and it's like, I don't know. There was just something. And I didn't watch it. I just I saw this after the fact, but it's like, there's all these rich assholes sitting there giving each other awards and they have Zelensky on to talk about how his country's getting blown up. And there's just something off about that. And then I heard what the Z- Zelensky showed up at the. Yeah, he wasn't there. No, the, like, was on satellite. video. Yeah. Oh. And I. Heard and they flew him out from Ukraine. And I heard somebody <laughs> on the news. <laughs> Private jet and all. <laughs> I, that's how absurd. Hey, the world real quick, is. can you guys yeah, hear me on this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. But I heard somebody on the news on the news said, "Well, that was pretty cool because not everybody watches the news, so maybe some people that don't really know the story." Or hearing it, and it's like, yeah, oh, that's where people you need to go. There's no shot. Grammy Awards. No I mean, shot. Right. You don't know there's a war going on in U- Ukraine. <laughs> oh, wow. The there's a war? Is, <laughs> war? Uh, well, if you're in Russia, of course, you probably think there's no war, but anyway, we're not them. If you're in Russia, you're not watching the fucking Grammys. That's if you're in too. Russia, you probably don't even know you're alive. Maybe that's well, nobody. Maybe nobody in this If you're in Russia, do you even have a heart? God. Um, who are you anyway? <laughs> who are you? Uh, I'll go next because it's kind of, sort of. Well, it is basically what kind of like piggybacking off what Justin said. I'm canceling people who are still talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, Andrew. I'm just oh, cutting oh, out internet oh, memes altogether because I'm just saying that Chris Rock, Will Smith shit, and it's so funny that you even brought that up. I was going to say, like, yeah, memes altogether, they just run into the ground. Like, it's so bad, especially this this Chris Rock, Will Smith shit. It, it just turned up to another level, like, so bad that within 48 I mean, hours, it wasn't even funny anymore. It was like, too late when we talked about it a week ago. It was already <laughs> too late at that point. But, you know, fuck it. We still got to talk about something. This would have been the material. funniest thing that ever happened. If memes didn't exist and it just didn't run around in the ground, so I'm canceling well, memes, I guess technically. It, it happened. So can we all just now please shut the fuck up? Thank you, uh, Andrew. Who are you canceling? That's he it. He said he's canceling <laughs> memes. <laughs> you not listening? Oh, he did. Literally said to me, "Okay, I didn't." No, okay, I, I no, I I was going to say I'm canceling memes altogether because it's oh, just runs I thought comedic. You were just... It it runs comedic okay. wedding into the ground. But you, it was a perfect segue, one-two punch. All right. And you can uh, tell that it wasn't about... planned because you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I listened to you, but I didn't understand that part because it's... No, just, I get that now, yeah. The way I, you I, said I... it, you could have made a couple things. Anyway, uh, so let's just move on to what we're, you know, what we're watching, what we're going to recommend, you know, shit like that. We do this every week. We weekly recommend. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? And the hand stops at Justin, brother. What you going to recommend for us this week? What are you watching? Uh, I'm breaking the rules a little bit. I'm, I'm recommending two, but they're sort of a combo. So I'm recommending this almost as like a double feature because they're both music documentaries. Um so last week I went to a show, went and saw Mercury Rev and the Brian Jonestown Massacre. Um, in 2004, this documentary called Dig came out. And um, it's about the Brian Jonestown Massacre and the Dandy Warhols. Um, I don't know. If you yeah, I saw, I saw that now. That did you, did you watch it? Dig? I didn't. Yeah. I did, I did, I did, and I didn't. I didn't realize Brian Jonestown Massacre was still around. That's that's kind of what like 
shined a light onto them for me, but I never pursued them. Yeah, and like I don't know how. Like I've always been aware of that band. They're like, you know, about thirty years old. I think this year, um, at least, it's when they started putting albums out. And I just always, for some reason, got the impression that they were like this bratty kind of alt country band, which couldn't be more from the truth. Um, but so just after seeing them last week, I've just been doing a deep dive on them, and um, and my buddy laid dig on me so I could watch it. And even if you don't give a shit about either one of these bands or don't know anything about either one of these bands, I still recommend the movie. Um, they start off kind of like simpatico um, and kind of like trying to help each other out. And the Dandy Warhols get a record contract and the Brian Jonestown Massacre doesn't. And that's where the little fissures in their relationship start to like begin the show. And by the end of the movie, they're just they're trashing each other. They don't like each other anymore. You see the Brian's Jonestown Massacre. One reason they can't get a record deal is they get into a fight on stage during their um, label showcase. Like, and, and this is all on film. Like they have footage of all this. Like you see these guys yeah. beating the shit out of each other on stage. And, I uh, forgot about that. And now that you mentioned it, I'm like, it's all flooding back to me. I think I watched it late at night on cable one time and didn't know who either band was. Yeah. And you um, really don't have to. It's kind of like a spinal no. sort of thing. Almost. Yeah. Just like watching I, I stuck with it to the end. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's great. And I, I'm, I've never gotten too big into the Dandy Warhols. You have some good stuff, but like, God damn, the Brian Jonestown massacre, that guy, Anton Newcomb, is, he's a fucking genius, man. Like, um, I don't know. Just check it out. It, it's a crazy movie. And then the other one, another music documentary, it's called The Devil and Daniel Johnston. It's about this guy, Daniel Johnson, who's like a, a like kind of a folky singer songwriter, but it's he's like more like a Sid Barrett type because he's been battling manic depression his whole life. And again, it's a movie with just like mm. this guy's like filmed himself and recorded himself his whole life. So there's all this footage. And you just kind of see his deterioration and how people um, like Kurt Cobain at, at the MTV Awards in 92, I think it was, wore a, a Daniel Johnston T-shirt and it got people like interested in him. And the guy had a whole resurgence. He got signed to a major label, but couldn't keep it together because of his illness. And it's just two crazy music documentaries. You don't even have to like care about the music or the bands involved. Um, the stories themselves are interesting enough, so I, I recommend those two. Good double feature. All right. Um, Corey, what you got for us? Uh, well, I didn't watch a whole lot that wasn't like podcast related this week. Um, I did watch uh, Last Night in Soho, the one uh, you let me add, and I was a big fan of that, but I know you've talked about that on the show before. Um, so I'm not going to recommend that, but I did, I did really enjoy that last night. And so it was really good. Um, so mine, I actually just recently rewatched, um, it's called, and it was a big blockbuster. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Edge of Tomorrow, the one with Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. And I just forgot how good this movie was. I saw it back when it came out, wherever it was. Like live, eight. die and live again or whatever. Yeah. Live, die, repeat. Uh, cause I that's saw it, it back. It. I saw it, um, what eight years ago, whenever it came out, and I remember liking it, but um, you know, like I said, I just rewatched it and talk about a movie that takes its premise and just makes the absolute most out of it. I mean, it it just does the time loop and then it adds the fucking mech suits and Tom Cruise. I agree. Actually I actually it. went and saw that not opening weekend, but the weekend after that. I fucking loved it. Yeah, yeah. I I remember seeing it because me and my uh, wife at the time we were. I think we've been dating for a little while, but you know, we were, um, I remember us going out on a date and watching it. Um, so it's just an awesome movie. Like I, I know the sequel has been stuck in like development hell now for a while, but I really hope they do a sequel because the movie's just so good. Like you just don't see a lot of these like big budget blockbuster movies that aren't based on like, you know, a big IP anymore. So I definitely hope that uh, this one gets a sequel because it was fucking awesome. I forgot how good this was. I was like, damn, I might be rewatching it again. That's how much I enjoyed it. If they did a sequel to Top Gun, they'll definitely do a sequel to that. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's see here. Sean, what do you got for us this week? 
<clears throat> so I was finally able to nab one of those ever-elusive titles um, that I've been talking to you guys about. We brought it up a couple weeks ago on the show. Um, Justin was going to lay his copy on me, but somehow the gods, that, uh, somebody involved at HBO Max must have been listening because... Um, Got Shit, that? I lost my train of thought. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Robert Altman's uh, 1970 Brewster McCloud dropped on HBO, and I'm like, now's the time. I'm not going to let it pass me by again. And, man, what a cool, yet weird, peculiar, quirky flick this is. It's not for everybody. Um, Justin and I had a good conversation back and forth as I was watching it Saturday night. And it's pretty much Altman took his clout from MASH and half that cast and said, fuck it, I'm going to go make something crazy. And he founded Lionsgate Pictures and Brewster McCloud was their, you know, their first release. And it's funny, but it's in a weird way, man. <laughs> like You got Bud Court building, living in a, the Houston Astrodome, building a set of wings so he could fly away. Some weird, like, subplot about a serial killer. All the bodies keep getting bird shit on them. You know, it's strange shit, but it's definitely, you know, I, I can see why it's revered as a classic. And one thing I came to, came to realize, especially thinking about the ending of that next to the ending of MASH, is Altman really knows how to end a movie without tying a fucking thing together and still making you satisfied. <laughs> the ending, it's, I love how he's, you know, uh, announcing his cans and bringing them on screen. Like, you know, we're here for the, you know, for the greatest show on earth. Because it does end with like a kind of a circus performance almost. Yeah, man. So anybody out there with HBO Max, um, you're a fan of, of neat, quirky humor. Check out Robert Altman's Brewster McCloud. You could do worse, man. It's definitely a weird movie, and those guys were smoking a lot of good weed and just running all over fucking Houston, shooting up the weirdest shit they could. And boy, does it show. But it's entertaining through and through. I say give it a shot. Did you happen to notice, Justin, all the license plates on all the cars? I don't. I, it's they're, been a while since I watched. Yeah, they're everybody. Every prominent car in the film featured has got some sort of aviary license plate, like bird shit, or yeah, you know, there's familiar. yeah, he's got a very avi. There's an aviary theme running through the whole film that's kind of you know threaded together by Rene Auberjonois, um, who played Father Mulcahy in, in Mash. Um, as like an aviary lecturer, just talking to you about birds the whole. Time. Yeah, that's the weirdest aspect of it. Yeah, it's the one that makes you like, what kind of weird shit am I looking at? When is he going to meet the rest of these people? You know, but I'll be damned if it doesn't keep you intrigued, man. So yeah, Brewster McCloud is my recommendation this week, guys. All right, I'm going to personally recommend an American Werewolf in London. Because I picked up Errors 4K last week and I finally got to sit down and watch it. Uh, I watched it last Saturday morning actually while Madeline was in uh, was in bed and uh, still sleeping because she didn't want to watch it Friday night. So I had the time to watch it. And you know, look, I had not sat down and thoroughly watched it like at all in like. 15 years or so prior to really that oh long? god yeah it's been a minute oh jesus a fucking brother hot minute yeah man and we do that one at least once a year but damn i didn't realize it's been that long for you and oh, big ups know. on you man oh god dude the whole movie the experience was totally different than what i remember it being like the whole yeah. movie itself i mean like it's i don't remember it being like as blatantly funny as it was yeah it's a com we've always said that it's a fucking comedy you just gotta and know how to look at it it was intended as a comedy and look i don't care what anyone says it's always like oh the halloween oh Mike wife in london look i just watched both of them recently got them both in 4k i watched them both you know, numerous times over and over. Uh, even without having, you know, hadn't seen the, the movie, I've at least watched that transformation scene on YouTube and stuff, you know, a bunch, because it's, it's iconic. 
and what I'm getting at is they, it, it, they're both equally impressive. You know, they're both, you know, one's Rick Baker. Although I do believe Baker had a play or a part in the the, the howling process as well. I know that was Rob Oteen. At at the beginning, you're right. Yeah, and so the fucking you know it just works both or overall like the '80s. God damn, their transformation scenes were incredible. And in this movie, I remember talking to David Norton about about the, the filming of that scene. He's like, "It's actually really simple. My hands just you can the see, yeah, you can <laughs> yeah. see exactly how they do it. Even the scene when he's on the ground, like it's clearly him underneath the floor, like you know, like just laying down there, and they got a prosthetic or a." But it's still fucking riveting yeah, and fascinating it is. to watch. It, it, it really like is. Hats off to you. What was it, 81, 82? 81, 81. 81, yeah. 81. Like, you, see, you weren't seeing shit like that in 81, man. Yeah, no, and I was following at the time. Pacing's incredible. I mean, the movie's only an hour and a half, and it does, it does no, like, Everything just it's just it just it flows. I, I love the running gag every Whoa. time Griffin Dunn reappears. It's worse uh, and worse. Re- yeah, he's like progressively yes. worse, and worse. And that that whole sequence in the adult theater is just filled to the brim with fucking jokes that are just everywhere. It's whole. Jeez, like, I just want it's I want to get laid. Best, uh, probably the best scene in the movie, in my opinion. It's uh, fucking crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah, great recommendation, pal. I'm. Yeah, I didn't know it had been that long. I would have yeah. forced my Blu-ray on you by now had I known it had been that long. But I'm glad you caught up with it, and you see the funny man. Not everybody sees the funny right away. When I first showed it to me, oh God, explained. yeah. Why am I laughing so much? I'm like, you're supposed to. It's a fucking comedy. You've been you've been brainwashed thinking it's a horror movie all your life. Yeah, man, great film. Love it. Definitely. All right. Uh, who hasn't went yet? Me. Go. Speaking about 1981 and keeping up with pace, I have Blowout, which is a mystery thriller by Brian De Palma. See, it's post Carrie, <laughs> but it's pre Scarface, right? And so what? I mean, it, it lost $5 million in the box office. That doesn't matter. I've seen plenty of people come back from that. It has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it features my man J. Patrick Menarma. And if you don't know who he is, he plays a psychologist in Phantasm 2, so go and see it. It also went through every fucking category on a film effect episode. Like, you just broke the whole fucking movie down in like 30 seconds. I actually gave it to him while we were in the middle of recording. Yeah, I was going to say, well, it, has, it, it has a good recommendation. <laughs> I was about to oh, say, you know I mean, while recording sound effects for a slasher film, John Travolta stumbles upon a real-life horror, a car, a car canneering off of a bridge into a river. Uh, and some other shit happens, and he finds dead bodies. Now, <laughs> <laughs> some other shit happens. You know, this and that, kaboom. Cut to. That should be oh, on our But the actual recommendation. Some other shit happens. <laughs> the actual <laughs> recommendation I have this week is Breaking Bad. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad yet, I highly implore you to do so. I've been doing research a lot on Better Call Saul, which I know we talked about earlier, but. Man, Breaking Bad really is like one of my favorite shows of all time. Like Vince Gilligan's an absolute madman when it comes to like writing a story. He he directed quite a few episodes as well. You know, you couldn't. It, it's such a good show. If you've never seen it before, I highly recommend you to do so. It's basically a high school chemistry teacher who is backed up against a wall with stage four lung cancer. Very short amount of time to live, and instead of kind of running from the idea, he just uses his chemistry skills to cook crystal methamphetamine with one of his students. So, thank you for that. Breaking Bad, check it out. <laughs> well, Andrew, you you've got you've got my orders to get on top of Better Call Saul now that there's 40 episodes up there for you. So I want to Yeah, I really want to because I heard about the final season Go. coming out. And yeah, yeah. I don't Go know ahead. if Walter you... is in the show, but I'd rather not know. There's no spoilers. There's no spoilers. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I legitimately do not know. I went in blind just, you know, I was watching him when it was originally on the air and then 
like I said, just switched to streaming, and it didn't stream until this week, and that was on Netflix. So, yeah, man, um, like you said, you know, Gilligan is a hell of a world builder. He's building this one, too. It's him and Peter Gould, so the same touches and flourishes are there. Uh, has, uh, is there anyone else? I feel like there's one more person that we haven't gotten to yet. No, has everybody recommended something? Yeah, everybody went. Okay. Everybody went. Sweet. Well, then I guess that's uh, the end of the episode. So, I'm not pushing. There it is, kids. I'm not going to push much this week. Just want to let people know that uh, we completed the whole bloody affair for Kill Bill. So, we got not one, but two uh, Kill Bill episodes that uh, me and Corey did. So, that's like, what, five to six hours total worth of film effect goodness. Check it out. Good shit. Um, what else? What else? Oh, yeah. Panic Room. We got that. 20th anniversary episodes. We got a lot of stuff coming up this month. I, you know, Twitter circles back to that. You know, check it out. They got a lot of posts on there. And I mentioned, you know, how we have a lot of stuff coming in April. In fact, like in, in a couple of weeks, we got like a whole fucking content overload week where I got like every. We, we did this last October. We're going to do it again this April, six months later. Whole week dedicated to new shit. Plus a few recast. So, uh, in the meantime, next week, check out, uh, we got episodes coming for uh, Nothing But Trouble. The classic, the great classic Nothing But Trouble. Starring Tupac Shakur. It's coming next Tuesday. <laughs> All around the world seems so. All around the world seems so. Also, Thursday, 20th anniversary, Death of Smoochie. Got a lot to say about that movie, too, because it's fucking funny. And I've always been a fan of it. So, um, yeah, don't forget to check us out at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Send us some emails, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, links to the episode notes, as always. And folks, that is that. We have reached the end of the program. Corey, Andrew, Sean, Justin, fellas, anything before we go? Uh, no, man. No, it's been you know solid conversation, gentlemen. Look forward to do it again next week. Yeah, everybody have a good week. Indeed. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye. Got now that we got that all out of the way, I've got a date with a soap on a rope. Take care now. Bye, bye. That's soap on a rope. Hey guys, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth, alright? This concludes our broadcast day.